Hey Amarillo, I'm Jason Boyette, and you're listening to Hey Amarillo, the interview podcast featuring some of the most interesting people and stories of Amarillo, Texas. Of course, the obvious story right now isn't unique to Amarillo. The COVID-19 coronavirus has caused upheaval all around the world, and things are changing too rapidly for my old podcast format to remain relevant. That's just how it is. So it's time for this podcast to pivot, at least temporarily. Instead of a long episode featuring a single interview, I'm reaching out to members of the community to hear what's happening in their worlds. These interviews are being conducted over the phone, so obviously they'll sound different than usual. But before we get into that, I want you to listen to a quick sponsor message. This episode is sponsored by Lazy Boy Home Furnishings in Amarillo. You know Lazy Boy as a national brand. But some of its stores are independently owned and operated, and the one in Amarillo is owned by the Hawkins family, right here in town. Lazy Boy offers customizable furniture so you can design a look that fits you, with special financing and products to fit every budget. Almost everything they sell is American-made, and it's a lot more than just recliners. There's all kinds of stuff there. Visit Amarillo's locally owned Lazy Boy Home Furnishings today at 3636 Sansi. Okay. I'm calling this new approach Amarillo's COVID Chronicles. If I can, I may publish more frequently than the usual once-a-week schedule every Monday, just because things are changing so fast. To, to give you an idea of how quickly things change, I recorded the interviews you'll hear in this episode on the afternoon of Wednesday, March 18th. Now, at that time, there had been no reported cases of the coronavirus among Amarillo residents, But literally within a few minutes of me finishing my last interview, the first two cases were reported. So the people I talked to don't know that that's happened. We talk about there being no cases, um, but obviously that has changed. So keep that in mind while you listen. But here's the first interview. Okay, start by telling me your name and uh, title, position, all that stuff. Sure. Uh, I'm Wes Reeves. I am the senior media relations representative for XL Energy in Texas and New Mexico. Okay. Wes, uh, what's the current status just of, of XL, um, you know, just as, as a business right now? What, what's happening there? Well, last week we uh, took a look at all the, the job positions that we have. And actually, all this work already has been done as part of our pandemic planning. Uh, we've been working on this for several years, actually, which is kind of refreshing to know, uh, hoping we've never have to do this. But uh, all the all the jobs are categorized by certain levels uh, about, you know, where they can work. So, for instance, I was given a certain number uh, that says, uh, you know, I have some critical roles to play that I'm part of communications and communicating with the outside world, but I can do my job from home primarily. Okay. Uh, so they already have said, and of course, this is spring break for me this week, so I'm home anyway. But uh, So I've, I've been working some from home already. Uh, I haven't been in the office since last Friday. And, uh, it's, and, and then so there are other folks, of course, that have to make electricity or that have right. to uh, ensure the flow of power on the grid. So they are required to be at work. And of course, uh, they'll be uh, watched carefully. We don't want anybody sick. And uh, no one would be allowed to work sick, of course, but uh, we are watching that very carefully. Uh, then the remainder of us uh, have the ability to work from home. And if we need to come back to the office for various things, we can do that, too. So, Okay. What kinds of things is Excel 
communicating to residents, to power customers? I mean, what, what are the things that you're telling people right now? Well, primarily right now, we've been telling our customers not to worry about service disconnections, uh, our, our residential customers, because uh, if uh, in, in a normal time, if, if you're behind on your bill and you can't uh, make the payment arrangements, then uh, your service can be dis- disconnected for non-payment. Uh, we are not doing that. Uh, we don't have a, a time set for when we would start doing that again. We're just saying right now, from this point forward, we're not disconnecting for non-payment. Uh, but we do want customers, of course, to stay in communication with us uh, because the money is still owed. Uh, and at some point down the road, we would like to make payment arrangements with those customers and have them uh, begin to repay that. But we're, we don't want people to add that layer of anxiety to uh, a, a richly layered quilt of anxiety at this point. And, and so that's one thing they don't need to worry about. And I've seen other businesses do this as well. And I think that's, that's very helpful. It's not making everyone feel just perfectly great all at once, but they don't have to worry about that because if you're home a lot now, uh, and if your kids are going to be home, the last thing you need is to have to worry about not having lights or heat or the energy to cook with or to keep your food uh, safe. I mean, all of these things are very important anytime, but especially during a time like this. Okay. So that's the primary thing outside of the, the things I think most everyone else is telling their customers, reminding them about just basic protocols, you know, about how to, how to protect yourself. And of course, uh, we're always reminding folks that we are protecting ourselves because we are a critical uh, part of the, uh, of the infrastructure that, that keeps life going here. So we want people to feel confident and know that we're taking those steps as well. Okay, just to to take it sort of out of the take you out of the corporate mode and into a more personal mode. I mean, what's it been like for you, kind of working from home? I know it's spring break, but typically, you know, you're in an office with a lot of people. How's exactly. that been? You know, and I've done this before uh, for limited times, and so I, I think maybe you could come back and ask me after two or three weeks what I think of it. <laughs> uh, right now, it's been okay. Uh, I think one of the things I've been doing today is trying to determine if we're all here together, uh, you know, we, we might need our separate spaces. And so you need to kind of have a comfortable space. Uh, I have a laptop and we have the ability to tap into our, our work files from home. And that works very well. It's been tested many times and I've used it many times from home. Uh, so I can do it. I will say, uh, it is easier many and many times to concentrate uh, when you're working on something really hard to be at your desk at the office. Yeah. Uh, so I've got to really uh, kind of think about how I'm going to concentrate with the the comforts of home around me, you know, and, and the dogs and the cat and all these other things going on while I'm trying to work. So that'll that'll work itself out over time. But I have some experience doing that, and generally I just have to kind of get away from everybody. Uh, and, and it doesn't mean I have to be at the house. I could be possibly in, in a space, you know, that's, that's not a crowded space. I mean, I don't know how long the coffee shops will be open, but I'll probably stop by for a cup of coffee if it's not, uh, crowded or anything like that. So we'll, we'll kind of take, play that by ear. You know, it, it could be that we're just needing to be at home all the time and we've got to prepare for that too. Okay. Yeah. What, what kinds of like personal precautions are you taking um you know for yourself within the family have you changed any habits well definitely uh more hand washing i've got <laughs> I, hand sanitizer has always been a funny thing with me because i'll buy it and lose it and uh 
for some reason, the last couple of weeks, I found all the lost hand sanitizers. <laughs> they just sort of magically appeared. So you were out looking for them. I wouldn't even had a little more incentive. I guess, and so I've got, you know, I think when I when I make a transaction of some sort, even if you're paying with your with your card, you're still, you know, you're still passing something back to somebody. Oftentimes, they're giving, they're running the card, bringing it back to you. So I'm very careful about being aware that I just touched something that I don't know where that other person has touched or you know what their health is like. So I generally sanitize after that, and I don't make a big deal out of it, but I I just uh, have that handy with me whether it's been at the office in the last week or here at the house and, and uh, just washing my hands a little bit longer. Uh, I don't know if I'm doing the full 20 seconds right or not, but you know, I'm, I'm working on it. So, <laughs> and also definitely I'm a big hugger and handshaker and, and man, that's been really difficult. So with my close friends, we, uh, I took to saluting someone yesterday when I saw them, you know, it's still very awkward. <laughs> what do you do? Uh, but we're getting used to that. So I think limiting uh, the space, I was actually at a meeting at my church, and we all sat very far apart. And exactly. So I, I noticed everyone kind of put a chair between them. Uh, so we're we're getting used to those kind of things. And I think it's going to take a little bit of time, but we've got to really work at that. Okay. Uh, this limiting uh, the spaces, you know, be careful of the spaces we're in and how close we are to people. And just you're you're more aware if someone sneezes in a room, you're very aware of it now. <laughs> yeah. Or and I've had a lot of allergies lately, so I'll sneeze and I think I bet everybody's watching me now. So, uh, you know, we're just more aware, and that's good. Okay. And then the the last question, maybe maybe this is the most important one, but what's giving you hope right now? I mean, what if anything is fueling optimism? You know, I think you know there's been a lot of criticism about our country that we haven't done enough, but. We've, we've had the uh, advantage of a little bit of time and seeing this happen around the world. So I'm hopeful that the steps we've taken and the steps we are probably going to take are to wave enough that we can limit it and, and uh, limit the, the damage to people's lives and obviously protect people from dying and being very sick. So I think that gives me a little hope. Now, maybe that may be misplaced hope. There are a lot of really pessimistic people that said we're we're way behind and we probably are at some level, but I think we're we're watching the world. We at least we weren't the first. Uh, we've we've had some knowledge of this. Uh, I think secondly, and this is more of a psychological thing, it's getting to be spring. You know, uh, this has very been very depressing and distressing for a lot of people, but hey, at least the sun is starting to shine. I think it's going to help our mood a little bit. Yeah, uh, if we're going to be stuck at home, we can go out in the yard, sit on the porch, that type of thing. Uh, so that's just that spring always gives me hope, and I think it's going to give me a lot of hope this year. And uh, I don't know if there's any scientific basis at all to the fact that maybe warmer weather will help. I've heard yes and no, uh, but I think it's just psychologically. And if we're psychologically fit, if we're keeping our spirits up, I think that's a great uh, way to boost our immunity if we can. All right. Wes Reeves, thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. My name is Becca McWhorter, and I am the social worker at Bivens Point. Okay, Becca, how long have you been at Bivens Point? I have been here for three years this month. Okay, for those who don't know exactly what happens there, tell me what Bivens Point does and the services it provides. Yeah, so we are a skilled nursing facility in short-term rehab. So we do a variety of things, and 
We take care of individuals on a short-term basis. Say if um, you fell and broke your hip, you would come here for rehab for um, the average day is 20 days and we get you stronger and able to go back home. Um, And we also have long-term care, which means that we have residents that live here um, full-time. Okay. And then lastly, we have an outpatient therapy downstairs. There are individuals from the community come and do therapy and go back home. Okay, I know there's a lot of concern about um, long-term care patients and the impact that this virus might have on them. What What's the current status at Bivens? I mean, what is happening there now? Yeah, so as with all other nursing facilities that I'm aware of, we're currently on lockdown um, per the recommendation from the CDC. So that just means that we're limiting all visitors at this time, with the exception of end-of-life circumstances, we do have an inpatient hospice unit in our building, so we're sensitive to that. So those patients at this time are allowed to have family come and visit, but otherwise, no one comes in our building. Okay. What kinds of things are you communicating to those family members who are unable to come and visit their loved ones? Yeah, so we made this decision on Friday Um, As far as the family members, we, you know, each called everyone on Friday to communicate the limitation of visitors. Um, Everyone was very understanding and appreciative that we're doing everything we can to protect their loved ones. Um, The biggest question we got was regarding the time frame that this limitation will last. And unfortunately, we weren't able to give them an answer just because we don't know at this time we're following the CDC guidelines. But Everyone was kind of expecting it already because they've been watching the news, paying attention to what's going on. So, What kinds of things are you communicating to the residents? I mean, I, I know that there will be different levels of, of cognitive abilities, um, but like what are you telling them and, and or hearing from them? Right, yeah. So the same day that we notified their family members, um, we, myself and other team members went room to room and just told each resident exactly what was happening, um, and it kind of gave them an opportunity to ask questions or voice any fears or concerns one-on-one. Really, most of them are very aware of what's going on. They watch the news, and they're just, you know, they're in the know. So really, most of them were super appreciative and gracious and just are thankful that we're doing everything we can to keep them safe. So it went pretty smoothly when we notified everybody. Okay. What kinds of precautions are you taking for the employees? I mean, I know you have critical staff that do have to come in and, and care for uh, for the residents there. So what, what are you doing to minimize contact or, or passage of, of any sort of virus? Right. So, I mean, we're all trying to follow the same guidelines that, that every person's following, you know, the, the six feet of separation, um, and also we, anytime someone comes in the building, we have our temperature taken and we wash our hands and we have a sign in sheet just to kind of monitor who's coming in and out. Um, so far we haven't had anyone with a temperature above the normal range, so we haven't had to deal with that issue yet. Um, but we're just, you know, we already practiced a lot of the measures before, you know, um, frequent hand washing, sanitizing spaces, et cetera. Um, we're just being extra diligent now and sanitizing um, more often every common space and wiping down services, et cetera. 
Okay, and I, I want to switch to a, a little bit more of a personal question at this point and just ask you, what is giving you hope right now? Like, what are some things that maybe are, are making you feel a little bit optimistic? Is there anything? Yes, absolutely. I love that question. Um, I learned today that China has closed down its last coronavirus hospital due to not having enough cases to support them, um, enough new cases, that is. And so I thought that was really encouraging to hear that you know, the original epicenter of where this virus originated. Um, The people there have made such amazing progress. Um, And really, the the word hope, I can't think of hope without thinking about my personal faith. And so, um, just in my home, we believe that we worship a God that's so much bigger than any virus. And so, our hope is in Him. And I just keep having to remind myself that he didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love. And so I think it's important to remember that we don't have to worry or be afraid right now. It's important to, you know, operate with wisdom and discernment, but fear isn't necessarily productive. So. Okay. Becca McWhorter, thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. This is Jason Burr. I'm a partner and advisor at NCW Risk Management. Okay, Jason, uh, tell me quickly what NCW does for those who might not know what risk management is. (laughs) Well, primarily we are in the insurance business. Um, We focus on uh, local businesses and individuals, and we help them not only with their insurance purchase, but we also help them uh, manage their risks and exposures so that we can, you know, look and see, do we want, you know, do we want to, to push this off to an insurance policy? Are we okay with managing this risk ourselves? Do we, do we want to self-fund those kinds of things? Okay. But, but primarily, I mean, for, for years and years and years, we've been in CW insurance and that's what everybody kind of associates risk management with. Um, but there's, there's some more to that than just buying insurance. Okay. I, I know this isn't business as usual for you guys. So what kinds of things are you seeing just in, in terms of your customers and, and the plans that you're making? So it is definitely not business as usual. My, my day, my day to day does not look like my day last week. Um, so we are, we are definitely getting a lot of uh, calls about um, if, if this interrupts my business, what does, you know, do I have coverage? If I do have coverage, what does that look like? How is it triggered? Those kinds of things. Um, and then on top of that, the other thing that we've got is we're dealing with trying to figure out as a, as a company, are we, um, are we, are we considering employees going home? And if so, how do we work from home? How do we survive? I mean, just because, uh, just because of all this going on doesn't mean that people don't still have their house and their car insurance and their commercial insurance, you know, protecting their businesses and those kinds of things. So we need to be, you know, we need to be ready for, you know, any kind of claim outside of this, just normal claims yeah. and make sure those clients are being taken care of. We're definitely not, you know, a, a lot of my day, my normal day focuses on, you know, taking care of, of clients' renewals and and taking care of, you know, new clients coming in, that is definitely not the focus today that it was two, three weeks ago. Okay. And I, I know that 
on uh, social media, um, your team recently started a campaign where you are buying gift cards of like some of your clients, um, restaurants and places like that, and giving them away. I mean, what are you, what are you trying to do to support those small businesses that are your clients, but also are, are part of you know the quality of life here in Amarillo? The internal line here in town is this is our own little stimulus package. Um, you know, we we recognize that our community um, needs to be supported to get through this from an economic standpoint. Um, we, we ensure a lot of, uh, small restaurants, retail businesses, those kinds of things, grocery stores, and, and they, you know, they've always been there for the community. They've always, you know, they're, they're the ones supporting, you know, the little league baseball team and they're the ones supporting, um, you know, I'm, I'm, a member of Ambuck. So they're, they're the ones buying Amtrak's for kids and, and those kinds of things. And, and we need to be there for them to show them that we support them today. And when all this is all over, we're going to support them going forward. Um, one of our biggest, um, missions internally is, is always strengthening and supporting our community. And that's no more important than it is today. Okay. What, what kinds of precautions, like, to, to switch to the personal? I mean, are, are you taking any different precautions, you and your family? Are you doing anything different right now? <laughs> well, I, I tell you what, I always, when, when all this started, I said I, I've never wanted to touch my face as much as I want to touch my face now. Just because so, somebody so told you not to, right? Right, exactly, exactly. And so, you know, one of the things that, that I find myself doing a, a lot more of is, you know, taking a lot more opportunities to wash your hands. And, and even like, like I went to the grocery store the other day and I was very cognizant of, I've checked out of the, of the grocery store. I've been all around this grocery store. I've touched a bunch of things and I don't want to, I don't want to touch my face until I can get home and wash my hands. Yeah. Um, and, and it just, just, just that little bit of change in your normal routine um, is, is definitely different. And then, then other things, I mean, I, just like everything else, I, I'm, I'm taking the precautions of really trying to, you know, minimize social interaction. And, and we've definitely, you know, I'm a, I'm a big, uh, hugger and handshaker and all that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, starting last week, you, you know, we've gone, we've gone to, you know, a fist bump instead of a handshake and, and those kinds of things. I, I think, and I'm, I'm going to be very interested to see after all this is over and after all this is all through, what of the changes that we're going through now stick. Yeah. And, and just from, just from a social experiment kind of thing. Tell me what's giving you hope right now. I mean, is, is there anything that is sort of giving you a sense of optimism? Absolutely. And, and we, we really look at, um, you know, the, the way that the community has kind of come together um, and just kind of rallied around how do we take care of, of people and how do we, you know, make sure that the elderly are taken care of. And I've, and I've seen, you know, I, one of my clients is, a, is Fiesta Foods here in town. This is a grocery store. And I went, I've been in there a couple of times in the last week and, and I've seen lots of, politeness, lots of courtesy, lots of, um, people, you know, being generous, people being, um, unselfish with their purchases, that kind of stuff. I know everybody's scrambling to buy toilet paper, but 
even even when I saw toilet paper on the shelves, I didn't see you know some guy grabbing seventeen packages of it and not letting right. anybody else get them. So it it definitely is, and and that's one of those things that I always talk about. You know, uh, the the people in Amarillo and the people in Texas are a different breed, and and even even when we're even when we're panicked and we're scared and we're worried, that we're still nice to each other, and there and there's still that that uh, that amount of grace that we give everybody. Okay, Jason Burr, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for Jason, and, and thanks for what you do. Absolutely. This is Kyla Fry. I'm the executive director of the WT Enterprise Center. Okay, Kyla, uh, real quickly, um, explain if if listeners don't know what the Enterprise Center does. Sure. So we are an entrepreneur support organization, and we help inspire innovation and support entrepreneurs through the Texas Panhandle. And we do that by providing coaching, mentorship, education, quality resources, and community. Okay, tell me right now what the current um, status is for the Enterprise Center itself. Like, I know you have a few employees. I know you have some co-working spaces. Like, what's different right now? Sure. So, right now we have six full-time employees. And shifting next week, we're going to more of a skeleton crew with the announcements of the school districts being out. Um, you know, three of us have kids at home, and so it just makes it more challenging. So what we're doing is taking four-hour shifts. Um, so we have a morning shift, an afternoon shift, and then each of us will work for a little bit. And then when you're not actually physically at one of our locations, either at the WT Enterprise Center or our co-working location, Revolution 800, then they'll be working remotely from home. Okay. Are you changing anything in terms of cleaning or sanitization, any of that stuff? Yes. So we've been taking extra measures to make sure that we're cleaning common areas, especially, you know, doorknobs, bathroom handles, um, coffee pots, all the things that, you know, our staff members and our clients frequent. So definitely have been doing that over the last couple of weeks. And then we're definitely making the transition to online meetings as much as possible and phone meetings. Okay, and I know more than probably a lot of other places locally, you guys are tied in to the needs of entrepreneurs or small business owners. What kinds of things are you thinking about right now, or are you hearing from them? Oh, gosh, a lot of things, a lot of concern, a lot of fear. There's just a lot of unknowns going on right now. Um, fortunately for Amarillo, we don't have a confirmed case just yet, but we know it's you know it's coming. We know it's coming. So a lot of them are just preparing for how do they shift their workers from home? Is that even possible? How do they deliver their products or services differently than they're currently doing? You know, I've been seeing a lot of posts from social media about curbside service, um, free delivery that's being implemented. So I think a lot of businesses right now are just preparing for the inevitable. Is there anything that you at the Enterprise Center are doing right now to, um, to, to try to support small businesses, to offer you know, some of that, um, whether it's training or advice or anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. So next week, we're hosting two free webinars, one's on Tuesday and one's on Thursday. And both of those webinars are going to be really focused for entrepreneurs preparing their businesses to make changes. Um, we're going to be including legal advice from attorneys in Amarillo. We're going to be talking about insurance. We're going to be talking about financials. Uh, we have advisors, CPAs, um, communication specialists, all of these people that have sent us resources and tips that entrepreneurs need to be thinking about as they're preparing to make this transition. So 
hoping that that will give them more information and kind of calm some fears. But that's one thing that we're doing. Another thing that we've implemented is a Facebook group for support, and that group is called Amarillo Entrepreneur Support. So people can access that page, get information. We're posting resources there daily. So a couple things that we're, we're doing, and then also we're offering a hotline. So if an entrepreneur is really needing help or not sure what's going on, then they can call the Enterprise Center, email our staff directly, and we're working one-on-one with these companies just trying to get them more support. Okay. To to make sort of a switch from the professional to the personal, what kinds of precautions are you taking personally, um, you know, whether at home, within your family, even at work? Yeah, so we've been practicing social distancing for a, about a week now, other than, you know, going to the grocery store, essentials, um, trying to stock up, but obviously not going crazy. We want to make sure there's enough to go around for everybody. Um, making sure that we're checking in with our grandparents. That was important to us. We don't want them to go out and get groceries if necessary. We want to make sure that we're doing that for them. But really just trying to be smart and do what everybody's advising us to do. What what kinds of things are giving you hope right now? Like, is is there anything that's, that's maybe giving you a sense of optimism? I think really seeing everybody pulling together to support each other in this time, you know, whether it's business owners or the community and making sure that people that are at risk are getting the supplies and, you know, the attention that they need to get support. So that's been really nice. It's just kind of seeing everybody pull together. Okay. Kyla Fry, thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Hi, I'm Crystal Burns, and I am one of the owners of Palace Coffee Company. And I'm Patrick Burns, the other owner of Palace Coffee Company. Patrick and Crystal, thanks uh, for being on the show. I know this is a really complicated time with your business, being right in the middle of the service industry, a place where people gather. Um, so tell me, like, what's the current situation, the current status at Palace? Current status is we put out uh, information about what we are doing inside of our cafes to mitigate, you know, any cross-contamination and to try to really help protect our staff and our guests. And it's, it was as simple as going to paper goods only, getting rid of all of our in-house uh, wares and porcelain so our staff didn't have to handle dirty dishes as much um, and guests didn't have to have any cross-contamination from, from dishes. And so that was a simple thing we went to. We went to uh, even more uh, increased way to actually sterilize and, and take care of our shop and, and make sure that all the areas that are in high use are cleaned more regularly than, than we already, which we already had high standards to begin with. So we have timers behind our registers and every time that goes off our staff, no matter what kind of line they have, they've got to get out in the cafe and, and go and decontaminate and also wash their hands uh, just to make sure that we're doing as best we can. And, and I'm very proud of our staff taking us as serious as they are and they're doing a great job. What are you communicating to customers? Um, you know, obviously, there's you, you want customers to feel safe um, that precautions are being taken. But, like, you know, you're a place where people come to meet and to have meetings and to hang uh-huh. out. So what, what does that look like now? Well, it, it's, it's difficult a little bit because we certainly don't want to inflict any kind of panic in anybody. But we also want to do our part to be responsible citizens and business owners to protect them and our staff, of course. 
And so we put together uh, just a, a letter that basically said, like, until further notice, this is these are the precautions that we're going to take. Um, and we also have plans in place. We haven't necessarily communicated this yet, but we have some phase two and phase three plans that we're working on internally as things progress. And so we basically communicated that we're monitoring the situation very carefully, just as probably every business owner is doing. Um, and, and these are the precautions we're, we're putting into place right now that we're taking. Um, and we'll continue to adjust those as, as needed, as things progress and as we see fit. Um, and, and that, you know, the biggest thing that we have, our biggest concern is, to, is the safety of all of our guests and all of our, our, our staff. Mm-hmm. And we have, we have a few things that are on the works too, because we built our company as a place where people come in, just as you referenced, we don't have a drive through. Um, and so for people to get our product, they would have to come in our doors, but we've been working on doing uh, a mobile app for a little while that should be launching in the next few weeks. Um, that way we can still help take care of our guests and continue to have a baseline of revenue. Um, if it does progress to where people can't come in our locations anymore, or we do have to make it to where it's to go only and people can only come in to order and leave. Some people might not feel comfortable coming in. We still want to be able to take care of those guests. Or we also have guests that might be immune compromised or um, are elderly that don't need to be coming in our stores and we want to help protect them. And so we can try to do some curbside ordering. And so I was you know, hoping it would be here a little bit sooner than, than it's going to be launched. Um, but we're looking about two to three weeks away um, from being able to have that to take care of our guests as well. And I know you guys have relationships with a lot of um, coffee companies outside Amarillo, you know, whether it's coffee shops that you are, you know, producing coffee beans for, that you're roasting for, um, or that you consult for. I mean, have have you heard anything from some outside this area? I have. um, A lot of the the shops that we are, you know, close with that we actually work with and roast for, they're in smaller communities. And so they really haven't had to do things other than the, the basic new cleaning procedures um, and going to, to go cups only things like that. But I do have quite a few friends that own bigger coffee companies in bigger cities. And today's honestly been a really heartbreaking day. I've had multiple conversations with uh, different people in the industry. And, you know, I've had one friend who has five cafes and, and he had to lay off three fourths of the staff today hmm. uh, to make sure that they could go and file unemployment to have some revenue coming in because they've gone to curbside only and running, their cafes with one person. Um, and that's a big hit. Uh, a friend, you know, that owns multiple cafes and, and brands in Houston, and he's going through and making that same decision of which ones can stay open, which ones need to close down. Uh, this is a, this is a very tough thing that as entrepreneurs, you know, we get into this because we want to help make, you know, a difference and, and create an environment for people and, and create a good product. This isn't something that any of us has ever thought about before. And so I'm trying to reach out and support my friends at a distance to let them know they're not alone in this. And these decisions are hard, um, but hopefully together we can still find a way to support each other and, and move forward. And then once we get on the other side of this, we can all come out of it. Okay. I want to, I want to shift a little bit um, and take you to a, a little bit more personal question. What kinds of precautions are the two of you taking just, you know, even apart from work, I, I know as entrepreneurs, that's, you don't always have a clean dividing line, but, you know, with yourselves, with your family, what, what are you doing now that's different? I mean, again, it's, it's difficult because we are still trying to run a company and we, we do still have to have some meetings and some things like that. Um, one of the things um, that, that we've done at home specifically is we're talking to our kids a whole lot about this. 
um, and we're trying to um, encourage them and and mitigate the fear that it, that comes with this because everyone's scared and and we are too certainly um, there's there's a fear of of things that we don't know and a fear of the unknown but we've got a senior in high school that is you know essentially being robbed of the the memories of his senior year and we're trying to ground our kids and and let them know that like this is a big deal for sure but we're going to get through it and the community is going to come together and we're going to be okay um and just to let them vent and feel the feelings that they feel and ask the questions that they need to ask um but also to help guide their feelings and help um just ground them in 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 all of the chaos if if they can't come to us who can they come to and so we're trying to talk a lot about it but not too much about you know so we're trying to have that balance at home the same way that we do at work um and we're trying to not let everything, which is always a, a struggle as an entrepreneur is, is that work-life balance, but we're trying to make sure that our kids feel supported and, and things like that. And of course, we've, we've increased all of our hygiene practices uh, even more so than before. Um, but yeah, we're, I think that's the biggest thing that I would say that we're, we're doing. Yeah. We're spending more time at home, uh, which again, with, a, with having a senior that's planning on going off to college next year, this is some time that we actually get to spend with him. Uh, that even though this isn't the ideal situation, we get to really make the most of this time of whether it's watching more Netflix as a family um, and watching shows together and having meals together and cooking together. That's what we've increased just over the past week. And I'm imagining that's still what we're going to be doing. Um, so while I don't want to use the word that we're sheltering in place because we're not, because we still have to go about our business, um, we are being more mindful when we can be home with them. We definitely are. What's giving the two of you hope right now? I actually wrote a post about this yesterday because it is a little, a little bit overwhelming. Um, Just, you know, particularly for us, we have it coming at every angle. We are entrepreneurs. We, like I said, we have a senior in high school. We we're very involved in the community theater and, and there's people hurting there and things that are getting postponed there that it, that it affects people. Um, Yesterday I woke up to a, an array of people that are just doing really kind things in the community and that's what gives me hope. You know, I, I posted about a friend that I have that's sharing how to still support local businesses, even whenever you're, um, you know, social distancing. I had a friend who is in Austin that is uh, helping moms who can't get access to diapers and formula and their basic needs. She is literally uh, has a mobile office at home where she's online shopping and sending it to these people and people are Venmoing her to, to help her out. So there's things like this. And then of course, Litton, uh, the group that Litton has created that is just blowing up of just people right here in our community that want to help and are like just an army of people just waiting to, to go out and do things and pull together. And I think that is what gives me hope in the middle of all of the craziness is just that there, there are still those acts of kindness. And I think that it, it, these kinds of things tend to bring our attention to those people more so, or, or just the acts that are happening more so. And I think that, we need to see a lot more positivity versus the negative. And I think one of the things I said in my post was you can sit and judge people for how they're reacting to this. You can sit and be really, really scared and freaked out, or you can try to turn all of those feelings into some kind of positive energy and see if you can help one of these groups that are already organized and and doing things that are positive. So I know that there will be another side of this. That's where it comes for me is that, Seeing the positivity of people that are still coming together and making a difference, that means a lot. But also having the the hope that, you know, we're going to make it through. We're going to be on the other side of this. And 
And hopefully um, we're going to be able to stay together and, and not be maybe even as divisive as we have been as a community. Patrick and Crystal Burns, thanks for being on the show. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, yeah, thanks for we having us. It. I'm Jackie Kingston. I'm the evening anchor and executive producer for KAMR Local 4 News here in Amarillo. Okay, Jackie, thanks. Uh, what's what's the current status of things at KMR? What are you and the team there doing differently? We have been working diligently to provide the best coverage that we can as far as our local response to COVID-19, and that includes expanding our evening newscast. Our 10 o'clock newscast is now one hour, and starting tomorrow, our Studio 4 variety show is going to be an hour of news as well, rather than events and happenings in our community and um, podcast hosts coming in and and talking about fun things they do, uh, we are going to use that time to best dedicate it, uh, we think best dedicate it, to the coverage that we can give our local area so that people can be most informed and most prepared to make decisions for themselves and their family. Obviously, I think that's a better use of the time than having me come on and and banter with Andy for a few minutes. (laughs) Hey, we enjoy that too. We hope to get back to that. Someday. Uh, pandemic has passed, and after things get back to normal, we will be assuming you know those normal times again, and and picking up things that are starting to happen in the community again, and hope to again shine a bright light on the good things that are happening, and not just the the news that can sometimes seem scary. Yeah, so I I know that you know some of the some of the larger networks have kind of gone to where some reporters are reporting from home. Some of the hosts have moved. Mm-hmm. Um, separated their chairs from each other? Is anything happening just like on that personal level there? We are using social distancing practices here. So you will no longer, when Andy gets uh, back and we have our, our, our team kind of back together, back from vacations that people have been trying to take during spring break, you'll notice that None of our anchors even now are going to be on the same set together. Uh, we're going to be across the studio from each other to practice what we preach as far as social distancing is concerned. Um, we are accommodating people who we need to interview with Skype and Facebook Messenger and phone call interviews if they're more comfortable doing that. And while our crews are out in the field, they're using kind of boom mics, so these longer extended microphones, so that they can have some safe distance between themselves and the person who they're interviewing as well. Uh, so we are using some of those practices along with just really ramping up our sanitation here at the station, encouraging good hygiene, good hand washing, and all those things that everybody's doing, but, you know, getting the doorknobs a couple times a day and, and all those things with the with sanitation and trying to keep our crew healthy because, you know, we are, we're kind of, we'll be on the front lines of this interviewing where um, things are happening. We'll have to follow the story wherever it goes. And that means putting our crew in proximity to potentially um, this illness. And so we're trying to make sure that we can do that and still educate the public in the safest way possible. Okay. Can can you tell me a little bit about how um, you or, or how the station is trying to balance the local news versus the national news? I know that, you know, there's there's a lot that's happening in other communities that's not yet here, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't still talk about what's happening or potentially happening here. So how are you figuring that out? So our biggest thing, our biggest goal in all of this coverage that we're doing and our extended coverage and, you know, everything that we're putting online and everything that we're putting on social media is to handle this with facts and not fear. We don't want to create panic. We don't want to create any sort of chaos. And so we want to be able to say, here's what the president said today. Here's what's happening at the national level. Here's what's happening at the state level. 
and here's what's happening at the local level and just give it to you straight and not to cause any, any further chaos. And you're right. I mean, we do have to be very cautious of not, um, not stirring anything up and just being able to, to focus on facts and educating our viewers as best as we can. It's easy for us since we're local news. Um, you know, we get to decide our news content here. We have an editorial meeting every day where we're all, all of our voices are heard as far as what we think deserves the most coverage. And of course, you know, when the president speaks, we listen and and we'll we'll always include him and, you know, our, our, our state and local leaders in Washington, um, in our coverage as well. But we want to make sure that we're focused on us here in Amarillo um, and on the High Plains in general and how we can educate and empower our viewers here with the most local information that we can. So, you know, we've gotten a lot of blowback from people, I think, who said, you know, this is a media frenzy and the media is just stirring this up. And I can't speak for the networks, but I can say for us here, we are just trying to inform and prepare people um, for what might happen in the days to come. Okay, I want to make a real quick shift and just take it to a more personal note. Is there anything that is making you optimistic or that's giving you hope um, about this community in the face of the weeks to come? Yeah, I think that, you know, we (laughs) bad news is so quick to spread um, on social media, but I think uh, social media especially, but I think that there are still really good things happening in the world, even though we're having to adjust um, maybe, you know, by using social distancing and canceling big events and those type of things, we're getting to find new avenues and new ways to com- to be with each other, right, on online and on uh, using social media, especially maybe for good instead of, instead of for bad. I saw today, and this is one thing that really gave me hope, today the Emerald Land, or the uh, Texas Land Commission uh, set out a tweet about a veteran who lives here in Amarillo, who lives at the Esri Roan home and who's turning 100 in April. And they were like, we can't ask you to send cards because we don't want people to be licking envelopes and those can't come into the, to right. the home, but we can use this hashtag um, and, and give him birthday wishes. And it has really taken off and tons and tons and tons of people. And they just posted it today. And so I'm sure that it will gain traction and people will, you know, continue to, to wish each other well and find new ways of, of interacting. I watched a concert online today. Um, I watched the symphony perform uh, in another city on Facebook just the other day when I needed to relax. And I felt like, you know, there are those pockets of good. And as long as we keep seeking those out, um, we're going to make it. All right. Jackie Kingston, thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate it. Well, thank you, Jason. Thanks for having me. And that concludes the episode. Since uh, we recorded the interview, Patrick and Crystal Burns at Palace have announced that they are going to be closing their downtown location, but taking to-go orders from their Palace locations at Summit, 34th and Coulter, or in Canyon. So check out uh, their latest Instagram post uh, that explains the new normal for them. And uh, beyond that, I want to say thanks to the Burnses as well as all the other guests on the show today. And to Lazy Boy Home Furnishings for sponsoring the episode. As usual, Angelina Marie edited the podcast. Sign up for the email newsletter at bit.ly slash hey newsletter. That's B-I-T dot L-Y. I'm still going to try to do that at least once a week uh, to send you links, updates on what's happening. Hey Amarillo is made possible every week thanks to the financial support of my executive producers, Joshua Rafe, Jess Heredia, Wilson Lemieux, Jason Burr, Wes Reeves, Katie Linger, Neil Nossiman, 
Ryan Pennington, Corey Burns, Jennifer Callahan, Chriselda, Patrick Burns, and Josh Wood. This has been episode 130. My name is Jason Boyette. Stay safe, stay healthy, love your neighbor.